Podcast for the working cowboy. Well, howdy there, daylight burners. Happy Wednesday. So Wednesday, I think it's Wednesday. Um, yeah, I don't. It's I'm getting old, man. Getting old. I don't know what the hell day it is uh, anymore, but I think it's Wednesday. So I uh, hope you're having a good week. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's been all right over here. It's, uh, I'm enjoying the weather. It's cooling down. Um, still in the eighties, uh, for the high, but it's, uh, you know, it's got a nice, nice feel to the crisp fall air in the morning. It feels like, and, uh, leaves are, uh, we were, when we were coming back from Tahoe the other day, the, the aspens were changing. So it's, it's nice. It's cooling down. And, uh, you know, if you if you ignore the rest of the shit going on in the world, um, life's pretty all right. Life is pretty all right. And I like to think that it will be um going forward, but there's a chance it won't. Um boy, people really really need to settle the fuck down over in Europe. Um Yeah. Yeah, or we could just bow out however ungracefully and just say fuck it you guys settle it we're gonna stay over here but that's not the world we live in so we uh we better talk about um (laughs) we probably better talk about russia russia ukraine um well for for example here um this is the the front page of drudge report which um still a pretty good pretty widely trafficked uh, website um nato nuke deterrent exercises next week nato uh uae reaches out to putin brutal missile assaults continue just miles from nato border um russia taps general armageddon kremlin warhawks demand more bomb back to the 19th century uh, this was a neat one. Um, the Kiev lion badly injured or Kiev, Kiev lion, Kiev. I, I still, I, I grew up saying Kiev and, uh, by God, uh, I'm going to say Kiev cause that's, that's, that's what's, I mean, honestly, if anybody knows shitty diner food, it, nobody says chicken Kiev. They said, they say chicken Kiev. So anyways, I rest my case on that. Um, new round of nuclear brinksmanship. Awesome. Biden scrambles to avert cracks in coalition. Uh, Musk denies he talked to Vlad ahead of tweets. Um, I don't know what that one's all about. Shall we see? Maybe we shall. 
Maybe we shall. Uh, from the Hill, Tesla CEO Elon Musk is denying claims by Ian Bremmer, president of political risk research firm uh, Eurasia Group. Spoke to Russian President Vladimir Putin before posting a controversial tweet implying that uh, Ukraine should not take retake more land from Russia than it has lost this year. I had a comment <coughs> on Instagram, I believe, uh, told me that he mistyped, said he can even listen to the episode because I say um so much. But I think he meant can't. Either way, I told him I'm glad that I was able to enhance his listening experience. And now it's got me freaked out every time I say um, it's like ringing in my ear. So I'm probably not going to stop saying it, but just know that I am aware of it now. Um, There we go. That was another one. Musk had a direct conversation with Putin about the war, Bremer wrote in the newsletter on Monday, and is convinced that the Russian dictator will use nuclear weapons against Ukraine if the smaller country does not back down. That's... That's uh, alarming, I guess. If uh, this is a foreign policy expert and he is pretty sure that <coughs> Putin's going to use nukes, so that <coughs> that's uh, that's neat. Uh, Bremer, a well-known foreign policy analyst, wrote that he had spoken to Musk two weeks ago and that Musk had told him of the conversation with Putin. But a short time after a news story invites news uh, about... Bremer's newsletter was published. Musk tweeted denial of the claim. I've only I've spoken to Putin only once, and that was about 18 months ago. The subject matter was space, wrote Musk. Bremer said Putin told Musk he would accomplish certain goals no matter what, including Russia's continued possession of Crimea, Ukraine's acceptance of a formal status of neutrality, and Ukraine's recognition of Putin's annexations of Luhansk, Donetsk, and control of Kherson and Zaporizhia. I don't know why I said that <coughs> with a, a kind of a Mexican accent, but there we go. Zaporizhia. Um, dum, dum, dum. That was another one. So anyway, random Instagram guy. I'm aware. I say, um. Putin held widely contested referendums. Okay, so this is just nonsense, but um, on that note, like (coughs) the Ukrainians really hate uh, (coughs) Elon Musk now because he tweeted something out about achieving a diplomatic solution. um, One that of course, uh, includes Ukraine ceding territory to Russia and probably some sort of neutrality. Uh, yeah, I forget exactly exactly what I said, but it, it sounded a pre- pretty reasonable. Unless you're coming from like the hard line, Ukraine will give up no territory stance, which is, I think, kind of crazy at this point. Um. Like it sucks for the Ukrainians. Really, really sucks. They're 
they're getting butt fucked right now. <laughs> That's, uh, there's no better way to put it. They're they're really just getting it right up the old keister, and uh, yeah, it sucks. But we're we are rapidly approaching uh, nuclear war. It seems like uh, Russia, Russia, Putin has like has threatened the use of it. And then since he has annexed this territory, which was a shit show, just as it might be the biggest shit show of, of the war, honestly, like it's, it's not gone great for, for Russia. Like they've, they're still winning for the most part, but it's, it hasn't, hadn't gone good. Uh, they got one of their, one of their major warships, uh, sunk. They, uh, they've lost a lot of dudes. They've had to like partially mobilize their, you know, for like a war, like a full out war footing where they've up until this point, they're still calling it a special military exercise, but now they're throwing around terrorist um, term terminology, quite a, quite a bit. I was talking with a couple different people and and I've listened to it and I've, I've thought the same thing myself, but it's, Russia has this weird like OCD about like international law and norms. So like, even though what, what they've done in Ukraine is just an all out invasion of a, (laughs) of their neighbor and, and really kind of wreaked havoc. But the way they've gone about it has been like, very technical by the book before they went in and did the butt fucking, you know, it was like, uh, they, they, uh, they got so-called, you know, you know, consent signed or whatever. And, and, uh, they, so like before they invaded, they went ahead and, um, what not unacknowledged, but, uh, yeah, acknowledge, um, recognized the the independence of Luhansk and, and Donetsk. Uh and then they went went ahead and rolled in, but then also like rolled into large chunks of Ukraine. So um but they you know they recognized those two republics as independent and then um and then declared their support for him and rolled in with, you know, with military support. So technically they, they, they did it by the book. (laughs) I mean, at least to start. And then the same way with this annexation deal, they like the, the elections are in no, no rational way legitimate. Um, I don't know if any, any election is truly legitimate, uh, but this one, not, not by any means, you know, they had the one region saying 99.23% of the vote was, uh, was for joining Russia, which there's a good chance if they actually did hold a, a fair open, you know, internationally recognized, uh, election with no fuckery involved, there's a pretty good chance those, those regions would vote to join the Russian Federation anyways, because they're uh, majority ethnic Russians in that part of, of Ukraine. So anyway, but the way they did it obviously wasn't, uh, wasn't legitimate. 
but they they went through the motions of of having these elections before they say, oh, this, this is ours now. <laughs> it this this it is Russia. But they like they under international law. I don't know how exactly by the book they've at least like made a show of like, hey, this is this is legitimate. This is legitimate. Um, never mind all the the talk of war crimes and and the constant like artillery <clears throat> barrage in the in the east. Like the that that Mariupol city is just like I mean it looks like something out of. Uh, you know, France and, uh, and Belgium and, and, and Germany uh, during world war two, you know, just the whole city is just a pile of rubble. And, uh, so yeah, they're, they're obviously not in the right, not in the right by any means, but we don't seem to be pushing very hard to, to get it to stop. You know, the, the Ukrainians say they're not going to sit down with Russia unless Putin's out of office. Well, that, Unless Putin dies all of a sudden, that's not happening. So that's that's neat. Um, Joe Biden just sat down. I've got a clip I'll play later on a different uh, topic, but from the same interview. But Jake Tapper sat down with Biden <coughs> for a one-on-one interview. It was like fifteen minutes. So I mean, as far as media, like you're at your traditional media cable news uh, 15 minutes that's like a marathon interview um so got a got a little bit of insight there but he talked about how he doesn't believe putin is uh an irrational actor which i don't think he is either i think i don't think the guy's crazy that's um <clears throat> that's the thing that that i uh a lot of the you know, the political leaders will try to, particularly the the war hawkish type people, they'll try to convince you that Putin is just crazy and he has to be stopped at all costs. And I I think he is crazy to an extent, but I don't think he's, I think he's a rational actor. He's, he's acting in, in his, what he believes of Russia's best um, benefit. And so in, in this, uh, this interview, I happen to agree with Joe Biden on, on a couple of points that he made on Russia in particular, but he also made the point that he has no plans to sit down and, and visit with him and like come to the negotiating table. So that's not a great sign that just like the longer we put that off and the more money and weapons we throw into Ukraine, the more Russians die. Sure but the more Ukrainians die and probably at a faster rate than, than the Russians, maybe not. Um, but we're getting ready to go into winter. Um, <coughs> Russia has this, this partial mobilization where they're, they're calling up their reservists and, and, uh, and they're also uh, drafting a bunch of particularly like anti-war uh, activists that they're, that they're drafting into their, to their army. And they're, and those are gonna like those, conscripts are probably going to be just cannon fodder just thrown right right into the meat grinder and speaking of meat grinders got another topic to talk about later uh doesn't necessarily have to do with biden but it's about my thoughts on on meat grinders so i think you'll you'll enjoy that um but anyway they they 
they called up all these reservists, which they're going to ship out to like the the far eastern part, you know, Siberia and there on the coast, uh, on, on the Pacific coast. Those reservists will go out to there, relieve the people that are that are at those posts, and those people will get sent to the front lines because they're they're trained trained up all that. And they're probably just gonna lie in like build up defenses in in those uh those new annexed regions. So <clears throat> I should pull up a, a map of, of Ukraine because I wonder. I, I truly wonder how many of these people that uh, like really advocate for, you know, s- supporting Ukraine at all costs, like even know, know where it's at, what it looks like. And, and I, I have to, anytime I'm like trying to, th- trying to, you know, actually, talk with any sort of certainty. I always have to go back to the, to the map. Uh, and, and make sure I know what, what the, what the fuck I'm talking about. But Ukraine's, uh, it's kind of a weird, weird shaped country. It's a big country. And for the most part, it's um, you can see why Russia wants where where what they or where, why they they've occupied what they've occupied. So here here's a come on, bastard. But anyway, this red area here. So you got Russia over here and Ukraine is this big area over here. And in the early part of the war, they uh, they made advances all the way up into here uh, by um, by Kiev. Uh, but the that was more just to to distract Ukrainian forces away from the east and the south, which is where they're occupied now. So you got the Luhansk and Donetsk are over here, and then uh, Zaporizhia and Kherson. And they they took these two because that gives them a land bridge from Crimea, which they annexed back in 2014. Um, But Crimea is out here kind of on an island, not a a true island, but when compared to the rest of Russia, it's, it's out there on an island. (laughs) So what they did is they, they secured water access to Crimea because they have a problem with the water supply. It has to come in from, from up here. And then they also are able to, to move troops and arms and supplies over to uh, Crimea from mainland Russia without having to use a bridge and, uh, and without having to go through, through Ukrainian territory or at least um, unoccupied Ukrainian territory. These regions probably are not going to go back to Ukraine. I would, I would bet. Um, I I would guess I'm not going to bet, but I would guess those, those regions are not going back to Ukraine, but I would imagine 
the way they're they're gearing up now is all these new uh, reinforcements coming uh, from Russia are going to set up. They're going to get entrenched, and you're going to have <laughs> kind of like the the conditions of the Battle of the Bulge, just constant artillery shelling all up and down here. And um, the part that really escalated, so down here uh, by Crimea, as you can see, it's, it's you know, it's like I said, it's kind of an island, a peninsula, I guess, but it's only about 12 miles from mainland Russia over the Black Sea. And they built a bridge uh, and it just, it just got completed um, 20, 2018 or something like that. So they annexed Crimea and they immediately built this bridge. And I guess it was like this like crown jewel and, and Russian uh, and Putin or what the fuck ever. Um, <clears throat> kind of the same thing with the Nord Stream pipeline. It was uh it was a more efficient way for Russia to move their stuff to where, where they needed to go. So the Nord Stream is sending natural gas directly from, from uh, mother Russia into Germany and the rest of Europe. Same way this bridge uh, connects mainland Russia with Crimea. Well, it got blown up over the weekend, uh, probably done by Ukrainian special forces or, uh, paramilitary groups um commandos however you want to call it. i don't know what exactly they are we also um heard a report from the the u.s intelligence uh community also believes that the chick that got <coughs> assassinated in russia alexander dugan's daughter alexander dugan is kind of Depending on who you talk to, they'll say he's either like Putin's right hand man or uh, like his lead philosopher slash uh, religious um, advisor, kind of like a Rasputin character. Or he's more more than anything. He's definitely influential, but it sounds like he's more like a Steve Bannon type where he's more of a philosopher and um, kind of media personality. And he's also, but he's like a, he's a hardcore ultra Russian nationalist, like not a, I don't know so much on the, the, on the economic sense. I don't think he's a, he's a communist. I think he's more just a kind of a Russian imperialist where, you know, Russia needs to take back territory that, and restore the empire to the, you know, like Catherine the Great or whatever the, whoever the, at the height of the Russian empire. That, that's what they want to go back to. And, and I think Putin's kind of in that camp, uh, but to a lesser extent than this dude. But anyway, they tried to, they tried to assassinate him, uh, got his daughter instead. I don't know if that was, a <clears throat> an oopsie or, um, I think it was, I think it was an accident thinking her her dad was going to be in the car and they they got him instead but they uh they also the Ukrainians also kind of came out and said that yeah but she she kind of deserved it anyways uh but our our intelligence community kind of came out and said quietly that like ah, we uh we're pretty sure that the Ukrainians did that and we didn't really authorize that we thought that was and if we had known we were going to do that we probably would have vetoed it, but 
we we uh yeah we're we're not really cool with that i guess and yeah that's uh that's neat so if you remember back when when Rand paul uh got torched on the after bringing up the the idea of putting a inspector general over the funding that we're sending to Ukraine. So we at least have some sort of idea of where the hell it's going and stuff. Well, that got shot down. If you'll remember, they said, no, we, we just need to send them the money now and, and no oversight at all. And it sounds like we're, it's kind of looking that way with the, the military there too, that the Ukrainian troops is there kind of going off on on their own deal because well they're fighting a war of <coughs> survival we're just using them as a proxy to to get at Russia and uh they're kind of doing things their way and that could have some really bad uh consequences um i think more and more as the facts come out, we're going to see that the whole Nord Stream pipeline bombing was probably done by some combination of CIA slash special forces, uh, Poland and Ukraine. Some some combination of those three. Uh, Poland's really got an axe to grind with both Ukraine, Germany, and Russia. They kind of hate all of them because... Uh, of all the people in, in World War II that really got butt-fucked, it was probably Poland. Um, they really got it bad from both sides. And so they, they have no... There's no love lost there. And they also stand to gain a bunch from increased usage of their pipeline as well as getting transfer fees um, for... Russian natural gas that gets routed through Poland. So and and as well as Ukraine too. They've got pipelines that going going through there and they stand to gain more money uh by the Nord Stream not happening and it also happens to take um Russia's main bargaining chip particularly this close to winter right off the table and so I from the beginning I didn't see it making much sense um that, that Russia did it still possible, but you add that with the, this bridge attack and then the, the chick that got assassinated and the Ukrainians are getting a little too cocky for my, for my liking. They're getting a little too fucking cute and they're going to spark off something that's not good for the rest of the world. Um, it's already not good for Ukraine, but I'm thinking it's about to get a lot worse. So in response to all this, uh, to this bombing of the bridge, Putin just unleashed hell on kind of everywhere in Ukraine. They hit Kiev, they hit Lviv, which is pop that back up on the screen. But, you know, Lviv is way over here on the Western side, uh, right up against, um, like I said, be Germany there. But they, I mean, they just, they shelled Kiev, uh, Lviv, um, all, all over. And I don't think they have a whole lot of like, um, <coughs> like precision weaponry left. I think they, they, 
I, I would highly recommend uh, the president's daily brief is a podcast about 20 minutes, uh, Monday through Friday. He's a former CIA guy. does a good job of just kind of reporting news and he's done a good job of, I guess, analyzing the, the Ukraine situation, uh, breaking points with, with uh, crystal and Sauger is an excellent <laughs> new show. I don't, agree with him on a lot of stuff but as far as just presenting news and and news that you may not hear on your your typical outlets i think they do a good job but one of the things they brought up um is the chip shortage so i believe it's like 82 to 85 percent i can't remember if it's 82 or 85 but uh an astounding astoundingly high percentage of all the like the microchips or semiconductors or whatever the fuck that that one little component is that makes all of our electronics work. 82 or 85% of them are all made in Taiwan at this one, this one plant. (laughs) And with all these sanctions that, that we put on Russia, it hasn't really affected their economy like we'd have liked. However, there's certain aspects of the economy that has really hit hard, and one of those being the the microprocessors, the chips, the semicon uh, semiconductors, whatever the fuck it is. Like I said, that little <coughs> little piece of electronic hardware that that makes all the electronic devices work. There's a shortage of those everywhere in the world and nowhere more probably than Russia. And all those, uh, all their precision uh, guided missiles and all that stuff, well, those are kind of single use, you know, because they blow up. And so once, once that, once they blow up, then, you know, tracking, all that stuff gets blown up with it. And they've used a ton of that already and they've kind of depleted their arsenal and now they're having a manufacturing and procurement issue. And they're, (laughs) they're at the point now where they're repurposing a lot of, um, a lot of like civilian uh, electronic devices and just so they can keep this war effort going. So, and it's also Russia. Their their stuff is pretty good, but it's also Russia. You know, they're some of it's not great. And so a lot of these missile strikes seemed pretty like they were just indiscriminately bombing uh civilian centers. And if you list listen to Western media, that's exactly what they'll say that, you know, it's a madman and he's just lost all control and he's just throwing bombs everywhere, which is kind of true. Uh, but it seems like they've mostly targeted infrastructure and energy, energy infrastructure and, and, and things of the like. There has been plenty of civilian, uh, <laughs> damage and, and the way I can tell you that I, it's not an indiscriminate bombing cause it was, I think he hit six different cities and something like 40 different missile strikes and the, they're reporting 19 dead, which is still, that's, you know, probably most of them civilians, but in that big of a missile strike and only 19 people died, I'd say they were, it wasn't just, uh, you know, carpet bombing the, the population. It seems like those were pretty well targeted strikes if, or just 
really shitty execution if they were trying to just kill a bunch of people and be like and send a message they did a shitty job of that they only got 19 so i don't know that could also be possible this is russia we're talking about like go follow the the account uh look at this uh look at that russian look at this russian on it's either that russian or this look at that russian uh on instagram and it's awesome. Like just, just go, go down that rabbit hole for a little bit. You, you won't regret it. <laughs> and then you just remember that's who we're dealing with here. Um, they're different, different breed over there. Different breed. Um, but moving along now that on the domestic front, um, I don't know where the this this Russia deal is is going, but there doesn't seem to be any real effort to try to get it to stop, and that's pretty concerning. Um, but on the domestic front, things are way better, way better. Um, so this is from CNN interview with Biden, uh, Jake Tapper, and Uncle Joe. well the previous two quarters gdp shrank and the technical literal definition that we've used forever uh is two consecutive quarters of negative gdp growth equals a recession and we've had that already but hadn't happened yet Look, 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 look. So much legislation. Uh, 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 dropped his cheat, cheat, cheat sheet. Automaticity. I mean, automaticity that's a new one I'll have to look that one up I I don't know if I've heard that one before and I've I've got a pretty decent sized vocabulary and I don't know if I've heard that one automaticity automaticity It's happened. 
Um, so we're not not in a recession. And it's not there's a slight chance of a slight there's a chance of a slight recession. Like, don't forget the last six months. You know, he talks about six months ahead, but forget the last six months where the economy shrank overall both quarters, which would most of the time would mean recession, but not this time, not this time, not only, only technically, um, technical recession, uh, just like, uh, you know, it was passive inflation. And, uh, and now like, well, they, it turns out it was not passive at all. I mean, it was actually such a big issue that they passed a green new deal bill that was called the inflation reduction act because people were worried about getting inflation under control and they still are, but that was, you know, it was passive. And and then Putin, Putin did it all. Putin did it. And, um, (sighs) what, uh, we're 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 living in in 1984. It's just uh, no that that's that's not history. Didn't happen like that. We changed history. Remember, we we changed this the other day. Did you not get the memo? It was in it was in the 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 daily hate. You know the two minute hate that that we changed this part of history. So like, get get your facts straight. We are not that this. We're not in a recession, and it's not not going to happen. But Putin might definitely use uh, nuclear weapons, so we gotta throw more weapons into Ukraine to deter him from using nuclear weapons or something. Something along. I I get I get stuff mixed up. Uh, speaking of getting stuff mixed up, uh, if you're mixed up about what gender you are that's not a that's not an issue anymore and uh in fact if people uh don't acknowledge your your gender that you prefer and how you're feeling at all times they're probably they're probably a nazi um girls banned from locker room after conflict with a transgender student uh kate bowen sent this to me this is from uh, Randolph Union High School, somewhere in Vermont. Um, girls' volleyball team of Randolph Union High School has been banned from its locker room pending in pending school investigation of a conflict with a biological male self-identifying transgender student using the room with the rest of the team. And at least one girl on the team is facing school bullying and harassment charges. And this was when, when, when was this? This is September 29th. So it's pretty recent. Um, according to WCAX team member, Blake Allen said a transgender student made an inappropriate comment <clears throat> when the team was changing in the locker room. Uh, WCAX reports, Alan, I feel like for stating my opinion that I don't want a biological man changing with me, that I should not have harassment charges or bullying charges. They should all be dropped. Alan says that the dispute started when the trans student made an inappropriate comment while members of the volleyball team were getting changed. She said her issue was not with having the trans student on the team or at school, but specifically in the locker room. There are biological boys that go into the girls' bathroom, but never a locker room, Alan said. 
Alan added that the girls were given the option of changing in a single private stall. <laughs> this is awesome. In an email to family, school officials wrote that the school has plenty of space where students who feel uncomfortable with the laws may change in privacy. They want all the girls who feel uncomfortable, so pretty much 10 girls, to get changed in a single stall bathroom, which would take over 30 minutes, or if one person got changed separately, it would take a minute, like no extra time. School officials contacted by Vermont Daily Chronicle this morning refused to provide a copy of the letter sent to parents or to provide specific comment on the incident. Instead, co-principal principals Katie Sutton and Lisa Floyd outlined how they handle student harassment. Student safety is our district's highest priority. We always do our best to maintain a supportive learning environment for all of our students. Uh, the district has policies and procedures to respond to student harassment based on protected characteristics or other misconduct. We are not able to discuss any specific students because of federal privacy laws. However, when we become aware that there has been a violation of our policies, including harassment of other students, we respond immediately. Where the policies and expectations are violated, we take disciplinary action consistent with the law and reasonably calculated to prevent further misconduct. We do our best to give victims supportive measures. <laughs> so the victim in this case is a dude um, not only just getting away with murder, essentially just just yucking it up with all, all the chicks on the, on the volleyball team. Is that was a volleyball. Uh, but, uh, yeah, girls volleyball team. So I'm guessing this dude couldn't play football. Um, <clears throat> probably, probably would get beat up in wrestling, but he's, or maybe he just really likes volleyball. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he is actually a transgender, person that just hasn't hasn't transitioned yet but either way not only is he he's getting away with murder on this deal being on the girls volleyball team getting to use the the girls bathrooms but now he's in the girls locker room changing with them and he's also making inappropriate comments probably probably something related to his dick i would imagine or i wonder if he's just like throwing around the most uh like misogynistic um just pig comments and like nice cans toots you know i just picture him as like a 1950s yeah yeah i like the, i like them gams there and uh you know he, he's like talking on the phone you know to his boys he's like you gotta see the muff on these broads you know and uh and they're i don't know what exactly but they said it was over an inappropriate comment and the fact that he was in the locker room. And the response from the school is not to be like, hey, can you just change somewhere else, guy? They're like, no, you girls, if you're uncomfortable, you can change alone. And so they provided a single stall bathroom for the rest of the volleyball team to go change single file <laughs> to accommodate a dude. A dude on the, the women's uh, volleyball team. What a world we live in. Awesome. <laughs> Men are so awesome. You know what? We fucking rule. 
You don't like it. You don't like it. Skirts. You can leave changing your own bathroom. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's single stall. And he, he's just in there spread Eagle putting on his jock strap, tucking back the old wiener, you know, so it makes, it makes it look more legit when he goes out to just, uh, just crush these bitches in volleyball. Yeah. He's just like one leg up, you know, I would do it here, man. Maybe, maybe I gotta do it. Yeah. Like one leg up. Can't see it from the camera angle, but just spread Eagle. Just maybe, uh, maybe just really getting in there, not just scratching the balls, but like really getting up there in the taint, you know, just letting them have an eyeful. And he's like, uh, you fucking bigots don't want to change with me. Fucking bigots. Ah. What a world. Men are awesome. Men are fucking awesome. I I loved it. Um oh. and um speaking of awesome. Awesome. I am I am now fully back on board uh with Kanye West for president. Like fully on board. I ah. so first off we got the we got the white lives matter shirt, um, which seems weird. Uh, but so it was, it was Kanye and where's he at? Candace Owens, I believe. Yeah. They showed up. It was at fashion, like Paris fashion week or something. I, I don't get the fashion world at all. Um, but Kanye is, big into the fashion world, I guess. But anyway, white lives matter, uh, caused a whole big stink, big stink. Uh, people didn't like that. Um, you know, uh, why so much? I don't know, but they, uh, they really like, don't like that. And then he, uh, he also went like, I know the KKK and and the and the Nazis are they're not really down with the black guys at all. But I know they both both of those groups kind of hate the Jews. And now like I'm not sure if they want if they want Kanye on on their side or not, but he seems to like kind of be lining up with them. Uh so he tweeted and I guess it got he deleted it shortly after but he uh i'm a bit sleepy tonight but when i wake up i'm i'm going death con three on jewish people jewish people's all caps the funny thing is i can't actually be anti-semitic because black people are actually jew also you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who opposes your agenda and then he also um Posted screenshots of him talking with uh, P. Diddy, and uh, he was telling he was telling Diddy how he was going to use him as an example of how the Jews are trying to get him. And it seems like he's gone like at least partially black Israelite, which is like a black extremist group. I don't know if it, they've got like some extreme theories but i don't know if they if you call them an extremist group like on the same level you you put you know the kkk i don't think they've done anything really violent i think they just have a lot of weird aggressive and 
kind of angry rhetoric towards towards white people in general, but also other blacks and and other Jews, if you take them at their word that they're the true Jews. Um it's a whole weird deal. I don't I don't understand it. I might maybe I'll have to do a whole episode on the on the black black Israelites. I think they're called like the black Hebrew Israelites. I'm not for sure. Maybe that'll be uh <laughs> a future podcast. Um by the way, um Kanye's going going ham on the Jews. And I'm not sure what for. Uh, I wonder if it's like the standard, you know, they control the media, uh, they control the banks, you know, like that's the standard anti-Semitic stuff, or is he going to get real creative? Because remember, Kanye's a, Kanye is a fucking artistic genius. So if he's got another conspiracy theory about the Jews, I'm not going to say I believe it, but I'm here for it. I'm ready I'm ready for Kanye on the, on the campaign trail. Just like, uh, like have, have, uh, have all these Aryan groups and then like the clan, like have their heads exploding because like, my heart is a black guy, but God damn it. I agree with him. I hate them Jews. I hope nobody clips that out of context, but, um, <laughs> yeah, can you imagine like, uh, he, he just, uh, is is Kanye going to be the the new Hitler? Like, will people follow Kanye? Uh, <laughs> Black Hitler. Oh, and I think isn't if I if I remember correctly, uh, Hitler had some some Jewish uh, lineage in his way in his way back machine. So, I mean. Is Kanye, is he a black Jew? Just like Hitler was kind of a Jew himself. Hitler was the original self-loathing Jew. <laughs> really loved themselves as well as the other Jews. <clears throat> but, or, or is Kanye just like, um, is he just venting? I don't know. That dude, I don't think is um, mentally stable. Um, but, you'll see, you'll see the conservatives really, uh, really propping them up here. Um, cause you know, the white lives matter. They, they like that. Um, and they'll kind of slide the whole anti-Semitic stuff under, <coughs> under the rug. Why we don't want to let's, uh, let's talk more about the white lives mattering and not so much about the Jews controlling stuff, you know, Let's uh, let's 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 refocus on on the white people here, okay, okay, Kanye. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Black Hitler, that that would be funny. Uh, I'm I'm here for it. I I, I want I want to see it happen. I I I really I would really enjoy that very much. So um, before we get out of here, uh. There's a pretty important um, case being argued before the Supreme Court. I believe they, yeah, they've had the the oral arguments so far, but it's over California Proposition 12, which basically bans, not only does it ban farrowing crates uh, in the pork industry, but it also bans the sale of pork that was um, produced using farrowing crates. So 
I'm going to, I don't know much about the hog business, particularly the, like the big industrial hog plants, you know, they, that's, uh, kind of out of my area of expertise. I try to stick with cows and horses and that's, that's about it. Um, but essentially it would, uh, it would impose California regulations, uh, pork for the pork production on the other 49 States. Um, California being such a huge market that it would be more, it'd be more expensive to become California compliant just for California and and then can continue about their business everywhere else. So essentially they have to retrofit their entire operation to meet these um, insane California <coughs> lefty animal rights, stupid laws. So, uh, and regulation. So this is from meeting place. Um, this was today. Both sides struck an optimistic tone Tuesday after presenting oral mar- arguments to the U S Supreme court in uh, national pork producers council versus Ross, either in support or challenging the constitutionality of California's proposition 12. We feel confident we are on the right side of history and that Proposition's 12 standards are consistent with broadly shared values that unite Americans of many persuasions, wrote uh, Humane Society of the U.S. CEO Kitty Block. HSUS is a dog shit organization. Uh, fuck those people. Um, in a blog post on the organization's website, co-authored with Sarah Amundsen, Amundsen uh, president of the HS, or Humane Society Legislative Fund, Jeffrey Lamkin, an attorney for HSUS, argued before the court in support of the state law. On the other hand, uh, after day, we'll win this deal, said Terry Walters, president of the National Pork Producers Council, at a media briefing Tuesday afternoon. We feel very hopeful after today's arguments challenging the law. Travis Cushman, the American Farm Bureau Federation's deputy general counsel, litigation and public policy, uh, told a gathering. American Farm Bureau is a plaintiff in the case, along with uh, the pork producers. Uh, The arguments went on for just over two hours in the morning with the pork producers and uh, Farm Bureau arguing that the 2018 proposition approved by California voters violates the Constitution's Commerce Clause from having one state issue production mandates to others. (coughs) Prop 12 bans the sale of pork in the state if the pigs were raised in breeding pens that don't let them turn around. Um, so the reason they, they use those farrowing crates is to keep the, the sow from just smashing all the piglets. So they kind of keep her where she can't move the, the piglets can all get up there and suck. And then it's, it's not the, the, I I don't know exactly what it is with pigs, because very rarely do you have a cow that just like rolls over and crushes their baby. There, there's some stupid cows, but I'm not seeing that one yet. And I've seen, seen a lot of stupid, have a lot of heifers. I've seen some stupid shit, but I've, I've not seen them like roll over and, and crush, crush their calf like these, these sows do. But like I said, I'm also, I'm not a pig guy, so I don't know. Um, however, I, I, I hope you guys enjoyed that, that, uh, interview I did with um, what was his name? John John Yearwood? No, that's that's a guy coming up. But anyway, um, 
Jonathan Woods uh, with the Hog Wild book. That that was fun. I, I enjoyed that guy. He's he's he was he was fun to talk to. Speaking of pigs, but anyways, you can find that episode last week, I believe. Yeah, but Burning Daylight feed if you if you're interested. That's a that's a wild book. I I recommend it though. Uh, pork producer said if prop 12 were upheld, that would lead to inspectors from California dictating the rules to producers in the other 49 States, not to mention Canada and Mexico, according to Michael Form- uh, Formica, the pork producers, chief legal strategist. <laughs> Close questioning by all the justices in attendance sought clarity on how upholding or striking down California's law would have a ripple effect on other interstate commerce, such as sales of vehicles made in one state that have to meet another state's emission standards. Uh, the justices also indicated interest on the role of morals in the case. Uh, many prop 12 supporters believe that most existing swine production systems are inhumane, a position the industry rejects. Uh, Lawyers for both sides acknowledged in response to to the questions that however the court decides, Congress could render the decision moot by enacting federal legislation Uh, that, for example, standardized uh, animal handling regulations nationwide. That sounds like a terrible idea. Um, This is a pretty important case because as as they mentioned there, I was going to bring it up. I forgot they, they mentioned in the article, but not only does this this uh go the pork is it specifically what they're <laughs> they're looking at is is the the pork regulations but that also could apply to say this um you know california compliant uh semis you know there's there was a bunch of people uh particularly over here in nevada that just stopped hauling over into california because it was gonna they they were gonna have to upgrade their trucks um a lot of times to a shittier truck because it's got all the emissions bullshit on it and it was a it was a pretty pretty big deal and now when we're when you know california's not going to be selling any more internal combustion engine vehicles past 2035 that also drives you know, the entire market for the rest of the country. So it's a very, it's a very important case with a lot of, you know, with a lot of, a lot of consequences that could come down from it. So I, I really hope they, they rule against, I, I'm for the most part, I'm, I'm very much a state's rights person, but Constitution is very specific on the interstate commerce. Once, once, when it when it deals with interstate commerce, and the the feds have uh, have jurisdiction, and I really hope they they realize what what a stupid move this is, and and how it's it's designed to just undercut uh, production agriculture, particularly uh, animal agriculture. <laughs> they go after the the hog and the and the the poultry industry quite a bit because it's a little more of an easy target. You can cram a lot more animals in, uh, you know, hogs and, and chickens into a, a small space than you can cattle. Um, but it's, uh, however you feel about, you know, factory farming or however, you, you know, you want to call it confined animal operations. 
they're they're kind of necessary they they uh they're not you know it's the whole how the sausage made is made deal like do you like the burger do you like the bacon and um and how much do you like it and how much do you really care about the welfare of, the, of these animals and i'm not saying that the, the welfare is bad i have I have no experience in in you know those hog farms or the big chicken barns i don't have any experience but i've been in a lot of big feedlots and it's not glamorous but i i don't think it's inhumane by any means <laughs> and um the way the way our uh, our food system is set up they're uh they're necessary and they're actually a good thing it it helps uh helps us raise more beef in a timely timely manner so uh i don't know it's it's one of those it's it's a really a big conversation that has to be had with the the urban population that that eats all the food that we that we produce like how much do you like that food cuz the way you're headed, there's not going to be much more of it. You're putting people out of business and, and all of a sudden then beef's going to be hard to find. And well, maybe you'll turn a blind eye to it then when, when, uh, you know, when the meat cases is, is empty, you're like, ah, maybe, maybe those feedlots and, and hog farms, maybe they weren't so bad after all. I mean, I, I really, it didn't really affect me. And at the end of, end of the day, I don't know, but until that happens, where where people kind of come to a grip with how food is actually made. Uh, this will be a conversation we're having, but I really hope we won't know till probably June uh, is usually when they, they release the Supreme court ruling. So um, we won't know on that one for a while, but I, I, I will say for all Trump's faults, he, uh, he did reshape the, the Supreme court. So, uh, for, for, for the good overall, I think so. Um, I think they'll probably rule, rule in favor of, uh, pork producers and, and not the state of California on that one, but who knows who the fuck knows. I was, uh, I was asked, I asked, uh, Kate earlier today after reading some of these, uh, articles of, <clears throat> all the all the trans shit that uh that has been you know shoved down everybody's throats and uh and now like they're moving they're moving on past trans and, and on to pedophilia they're trying to normalize that too and and i was wondering and this kind of ties in with uh with black hitler is has there ever been a genocide that was widely accepted as a good thing after the fact. I mean, most genocides while they're happening, the people that are committing them think it's a good thing. You know, the, the Nazis really thought that the, the Jews were the scourge of the earth. So they, they wanted to, they really wanted to get them, uh, you know, in Rwanda, I forget what the two tribes were, but like they, they legit, you know, the one doing all the exterminating, they, they either legit thought or they just, you know, used it probably a little bit of both, but I, I don't think you get to that level of a genocide without some like true believer, you know, still in there. And so I think, I think most of the, most of the genocides throughout the world, at least we'll, we'll just say here, you know, in the 20th and 21st century, um, they were regarded as a good thing by the people performing them and then widely condemned after the fact by pretty much the entire world. And while the people that, that 
committed them. They either refused to admit to it or they just kind of not like to talk about that. Um, but I, I've never, I've never heard of one that was widely regarded as a, as a good thing after the fact. <laughs> and I wonder how widely accepted would a genocide of pedophiles be accepted? I I think it'd be over 50%. I could be wrong. I'm not going to gamble on it. We talked about gambling already this week. Um, but I, so I won't bet on it, but I think it'd be over 50% of people that'd be like, eh, maybe, maybe it doesn't really sit well with me, but I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, yeah. Any of these people that, uh, I'm I'm of the opinion that like if if you're if you're wanting to fuck kids or or try to to groom kids into uh being fucked by adults uh I don't think you belong on the earth anymore. I I yeah, I don't I don't I don't think you can be fixed. I don't think no just um like I said there, there's certain things that a wood shepherd is appropriate for, and I think pedophilia is one of them. And so, I'll, maybe I'll, yeah, I probably won't put that as a. I could, I have an option to put that as a poll on Spotify, but I'll just uh, send me your thoughts. Um, <coughs> would a uh, a wood shepherd genocide of all pedophiles would as a good thing? after the fact i'd be curious to hear what everybody thinks i think i i i think it would be pretty widely accepted as a good thing but like i said it could be wrong anyways that's all speculation and this is a comedy show mr uh government uh bureau of misinformation person oh yeah speaking of which fuck paypal too fuck paypal i'm going to be shutting down all my paypal pal accounts i've got a <laughs> reorganize my my stuff but uh they released a policy update quickly retracted it uh over the weekend but they part of their their new policy agreement was they have the they reserved the right to fine anybody up to $2500 for uh, um any you know any violation of their policy uh you know their their policy terms including the spreading of misinformation um who determines what misinformation is well somebody at the government um and we know how that works so um yeah they they reversed course and they said that wasn't a, that was a mistake wasn't supposed to be in our final uh policy agreement but you still had it down as an option somewhere like if that was never intended <clears throat> you should have never typed it in there but uh yeah they there was some internet sleuths that um that looked it all up found the metadata and everything and found that oh no no this this has been in there for quite some time and um they've been working on it constantly since it was in there and so it was very much um yeah it was very much meant to be in there they just uh it took the it took Elon and the other like co-founder of PayPal the original like owners of PayPal to say, Hey, this goes against everything that 
uh, this was supposed to be. This is fucked up. And they finally, they finally retracted it. But either way, uh, which sucks. I think Venmo is a great, um, uh, great way to, to transfer money to people. Um, but fuck that fuck PayPal. So I guess I'll be on, uh, I think my, my payment processor is Stripe on, on the website. And I think that's who does, who does through, uh, I'm not sure who Patreon is. I think, ah, fuck, we may have to move off of Patreon. I don't know. I've been look, looking at other outfits anyways. So speaking of which patreon.com slash burning daylight, if there is an option to use something besides PayPal, please do that. I don't care how you give me money necessarily, but I'm not going to use PayPal because fuck them. And I don't think you should either because fuck them. Uh, they're going to, they're going to get in bed with uh, the government like that. They don't need my business. All there's, there's not a lot of other options out there, but there are options and, um, I'll use them instead. So anyways, uh, patreon.com slash burning daylight. If you'd like to support the show, get some extra content and, uh, and get all the episodes released a little bit early, uh, go sign up there or you can, uh, buy the episodes on Spotify or sign up there. It's four ninety nine a month. $5 on Patreon. Uh, it's the starting point there. So anyways, that's the best way to, to help out the show. And you get a little extra content and uh, get a few extra perks too. So anyways, I appreciate you all tuning in. I uh, hope you have a good week. Uh, get ready for World War III and, uh, and Black Hitler. Can't wait. Can't fucking wait. So on that note, move your ass. We're burning daylight. Good guys and bad guys Cowboys and Indians Sinners and saints Masters and minions They're all the same to me They're all the same to me Winners and losers The weak and the strong
passing back. 